everybody to kingdom talks the power of christ in you are you god that is the title <laughs> and um just wanted to invite everybody to come join us if you're watching this right now please go share it uh get people on youtube and facebook and we want to hear your comments we want to hear your thoughts we want to hear your questions so please feel free to to join us and um i'm gonna meet, uh, somebody here real quick there we go <laughs> but um Anyway, here, let's look at um, the guests that we have with us. Um, there we go. Nope, I 
blew that shot, I guess. There we go. <laughs> That's one shot I'll have to reset. But uh, yeah, so we've got Karen of, uh, from the Elastic Army Band on. We got Martin from the Flying Penguins. We got Daniel Jedediah Cook from Zim Zoom. Maxine, who's faithful and with us all the time. Thank you, Maxine. And Daniel Lovett from Sozo, right? Is that correct? Sozo Radio? Yeah, Sozo Talk Radio. I'm doing a little so, series with Awakening with Daniel Lovett on YouTube. All right. He's dead. And then Brian and Cindy, who are from the land in Mississippi. Uh, got Nolan joining us. And Michael Basham um, from the Fringe Radio Network. So awesome, awesome. Thank you guys for joining us here. And um, I just want to bless everybody and, and just um, really thank you for joining us. And so the topic here is the power of the Christ in you. Are you God? And that has been something that's been, uh, you know, kind of a interesting and, and hot topic, you might say, um, from um, these last few weeks. And so I'm actually going to hand it over to whoever wants to do this because I need to reset some shots real quick while we get this launched. Anybody want to take the, the, the all right, Daniel, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> You're muted. Hello, you yeah, I know. I'm, I'm unmuted now. But uh, yeah, this has been a topic that's been very near and dear to my heart. So it's a real blessing and an honor. And I'm like, I'm a little trepidatious. I'm a little sh shaken, you know, to my core here today just thinking about this and then just praying, Holy Spirit of truth, lead us into all truth. Because even as you were saying this, you titled it, The Power of Christ in You. Are you God? Now think about that. Galatians 2.20, he says, It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. So really, at the end of the day, we're saying Christ is God. You know, and, and he's living his life in and through me. Who, who am I? A Christ, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me, the expectation, the certainty. This is, this is the biblical word for hope here. It's a, it's a confident expectation of glory. Glory being giving a correct estimate of, yes, but glory. You know, as much as we can understand glory at this stage without really truly having experienced it to the fullness uh, gl what glory truly is in this life, at least not I. I've, I've experienced joy unspeakable and full of glory that it, and, and the love, the magnifying in my, in my heart and, and, and experiencing that to the point I'm thinking I'm going to explode until me in pieces. And this is the glory that God gives us. And he says, I don't give my glory to another, right? I don't, share, I don't give my glory to another. And yet he's saying, I'm giving my glory to you my bride, my church, my believers, my followers. And so what does this say about our own identity? That we're not another? That's what it says to me. We're not another anymore. And and you can go through, oh, this litany of scripture, this, this treasure trove of like little crumb trail through the scriptures of discovering the, the magnificence of our identity as the Christ, as the son, uh, you know, uh, this is, this is where it, I, I see it leading. I, I see it going. Galatians 2.20 being the pinnacle, the crux of, this is an identity statement about us now. Not just about Jesus the Christ, but about Daniel the Christ and about Martin the Christ and Michael the Christ and Nolan the Christ and Maxine the Christ. And 
you know, all of this, that we're all fractals and members of his body. So that's how I'd like to open things up, and I'd love to hear your thoughts and where we can take this conversation, and where else we can unpack some scripture along the way as well. Um, yeah, I'd like to say something. So, yeah, this has been a really deep uh, subject, you know, that's been on my heart, too. And, you know, there's an interesting aspect to it, which I, I believe the answer to this question would basically determine if all religions are talking kind of about the same thing or if they if Christianity is strictly separate from the other religions. Um you know, because, I mean, you might not see it at first glance when you look at Hinduism or Buddhism or something like that, but but really they all seem to be talking about, you know, basically that we have this animal, kind of animal side to ourselves, and we have a God side of ourselves, And and so the kind of, you know, the whole religions are, the, a lot of them are about, you know, learning to transform our animal side and to become this God person. You know, and so that's kind of what the chakras are about, the kundalini, you know, and they talk about leaving this this place of duality. You know, you might even say maybe it's the tree of knowledge of good and evil and then entering into this place of unity of where all things are one. You know, there's no difference between you and God that you you are God. You know, I mean, it sounds very strange, um, <laughs> especially from our perspective. But I, but I think, you know, if you really, if you examine kind of the background of it, or it's not like you're saying, you know, is your ego God? Like, or is this hateful person who lives deep inside of you, is that God? You know, it's, it's really, it's kind of, it's kind of this idea based on, you know, that, that God, like, just like the Bible says, God is everywhere, right? He's in him, we live, we move, and we have our being that basically everything is made of the substance of God, right? And and so kind of based on this idea that he, you know, just like Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven is within us, Christ is within us, it's it is within us. And and so it's it's you know, so is, is it possible that we can become one with this consciousness of God where there's no separation? And and uh, I, I would have to argue that, that yes, it, it is possible. And I, I, I kind of think that all the religions are talking about the same thing, but from very different viewpoints and cultures, backgrounds and things like that. And, you know, I wanted to say something about Hinduism really quick, you know, because that we all we think about Hinduism and we say, oh, look, it's this this polytheistic religion. They have these many gods, many demons and stuff like that. But. But actually, not all Hindus believe that. There, there is some Hindus who actually believe kind of the same that we do, that there's one God and that all of these spirits and demons are actually kind of aspects of this one God or even of ourself. Um, and so, I mean, I thought that was pretty interesting to, to hear that point on it. Um, but uh, I don't know. I have a lot to say on, on this subject. I, I, I think it's uh, it's yeah, it's pretty interesting. Nolan, where have you been all my life? Like you're saying so many things that like I resonate with. I've had conversations like this with a lot of my my friends too about religions because they're curious. We're curious. We look around and we see we start noticing and picking up on things like Sumadi and the Tao right. and and all this these things. I'm like this. 
I mean, it's, it's like Jesus spoke about these things, you know, kind of like in John 14, 20 about our oneness. In that day, you will know that I am in the Father, the Father's in me, and I am in you. Like speaking about our oneness that we share. Uh, Peter writing about being a partaker of the divine nature. Uh, you know, in John 17, uh, where Jesus dives into this conversation with his Father about the oneness, that they may be one with us in us. You know, and to share in the glory, to share in the, in the same love that the Father loves us the same way that he loves Jesus. Um, that we're all part of the one. We're all members of his body. I mean, all this language throughout scripture that we don't really, right. we haven't taken seriously enough. That we, I love this. I love this yeah. conversation. I love where you brought it, Nolan. Thank you. And I think just to jump in, I, I'm with you guys on the oneness and, and those things. I think that just exploring oneness and, you know, you brought up John 17, which I absolutely love where the father's like, Hey, the glory, same glory I've given to Christ. He's given to us. Right. So, I mean, those are the mind blowing scriptures that I think we need to focus more and more on. Cause I'll be the first to tell you, I don't fully understand it. And I think there is a massive amount of mystery in in many of those statements that man i'm just barely scratching the surface of the surface you know but and i and i think it's the clearly we are unique uh in in the entire creation there is no other like us and i think for me as i've kind of pondered this this whole component and you know are we are we gods you know versus little gods big gods whatever that is you know or or, or sons you know, for me, the way I have always seen it and understood it is that it's the father who's been doing the initiating, right? And so the father is pulling me into himself and us into oneness. It's his glory that he is giving and sharing. And to your point, Daniel, he doesn't share it with another, which I think it, it, it indicates how unique we are. But for me, it's always the father initiating and bringing us into himself he doesn't lord it over us, right? But he he always brings us into himself, and so I think where where for me I, I see people get you know whether it's off or or you know however we want to really say it, but I think when people begin to see and and take that is that I am God as as my own source and I can do basically whatever the heck I want, is where I for me it kind of gets a little off the rails there because in and of myself, I don't have source. I'm not source. I, but I have to be connected to the source, i.e. God, the father. And when connected, then I receive all of, all of what he has to offer. But I don't in and of myself, uh, where I am at, at, at least, and what I understand scripture say is that I don't have any of that to give myself, but he, he makes me and brings me into that space. And you know, I think to bring up some some of the scripture, right, that I know that is often referenced outside of the oneness, because I think those are incredible. Um, but if if we look at, uh, was it John 10, uh, verse 34? And so the context, right, is that, that the Jesus is talking to the to the Pharisees and he says, you know, I and the father are one and they they kind of freak out. Right. And so they pick up stones to throw at him and and they uh, they basically say, hey, it's because of blasphemy and you're claiming to be God that uh, we're going to throw stones at you. And he says in 34, so Jesus answered answers them, is it not written in your law, which I think is kind of interesting. It's your law, not his. Uh, I say, I said, you are gods. 
right? And so when we look at that in and of itself, it's an odd statement, but he's quoting Psalm 82. Uh, when we go back and look at Psalm 82, I mean, the verse one, it starts as God has taken his place in the divine council in the midst of the gods, he holds judgment. And so it's actually pretty wild when you look at the context, he's talking about the divine council and the gods within the divine council, which I'm still don't quite understand. Uh, but he's talking about judgment and then kind of further down in there, the context is basically is like, you guys are judging wrongly and poorly and are, are not good judges. And he says in verse six, <clears throat> it says, I say, you are gods, sons of the most high, all of you, nevertheless, you'll die. Like men, you shall die and fall like any prince. So I think for me, at least the, the reference in John, when you take it in context with, uh, with, Psalm 82, I believe, is, is pointing more towards our positions as sons uh, in whether it's the divine council or the roles that we can play as sons as part of judges and that to judge accurately and correctly as the heart of the father. And I think it was I think it could be said that the John 10 verse is really partially a rebuke to the uh, to the Pharisees that they didn't recognize Christ as the son of God and really even an elevated son. Cause it's like, Hey, if, if I said this about you guys in, you know, uh, in the old, old Testament verses and scriptures, and you're not even recognizing the son, you, you, you guys are bad judges. And so I think that's one way of looking at it. The other is that it's, it's straight up what it says. Right. Um, but I think for me, it's the, I don't have light or source in and of myself. It's everything that was given and the father pulling me into the intimacy with him. So the more uh, of myself that I lay down and actually become one with the father, then I'm, I function more uh, like God in that, but not as God himself. And for me, that's the distinction of it. I don't know if that resonates or, or not, but that's kind of where, how I kind of parse the waters, at least at this point in my maturity and understanding. Martin, thank you for that. And I'm, I, I'm, I'm back. Uh, <laughs> again, I was down to the last minute trying to get things set up and had to redo some things. But um, so I, I love what's coming out so far. And I think it's, it's good. Again, we bring it to the table, we discuss it, we talk about it. And then, um, you know, we're not here trying to convince anybody of one thing we're hopefully here to search for truth. So uh, that's that's what I'm looking for. I know um, uh, Daniel Lovett, you and I had a phone call earlier today and, and talked about how, uh, you know, both of us, and I imagine all of us to some degree or another have, have walked through this struggle of trying to understand the balance of where is this at? You know, uh, am I God or am I a part of God? You know, all these different things. But I know for myself that, um, you know, I... I years ago, you know, probably 2005, six, um, I went through this period where number one, I tried to be an atheist that didn't work. So I also tried to look at every other t different type of, uh, religion out there and came, you know, came across the whole idea of, you know, well, maybe I am God, maybe that is the, the, the case that, and, and just going down that road. And so I know for myself and I know, uh, for others who I've seen who've kind of walked through this and come out the other side, 
um, and, and then even for some that I see that are walking in it now, uh, that the fruit wasn't good. Uh, I know I, I was not, I, I lost a lot of love, a lot of care, a lot of compassion when I was in that place. And it's interesting, you know, when you, when you do that, that if we don't have relationship, and in other words, if we're saying that when we become one, that we're walking into this place of, um, of, well, now I am God because I've stepped into this oneness. Uh, it's like, where does relationship go? Where does relationship come into play? Because uh, it just, it, it just really gets fuzzy and foggy for me. So I don't know if anyone has anything to, to say on that. Somebody on YouTube is making a great point, Gil. He said a couple of things, but I'm going to pull this one out. Um, he said, in his paraphrase, human beings cannot be independent selves. We only think that we can or are, but we can't be because the Father didn't create us to be fully independent. Oh, okay. That's mm -hmm. good. That's good. Mm -hmm. I like it. So again, yeah. we're discussing. So that's yeah. a comment. That's a that's a statement. Mm -hmm. What um, anybody else? What do you got that you'd like to share? I was going to highlight. Um, sorry, sorry to step in. I just had this thing I wanted to share about Martin's statement too, uh, as he was talking about um, this wonderful position that we're placed in this this humility, humble position of being the other and dependent on a source. Right. And, and it's and Jesus. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. So it's like, OK, so now we're forced into this position of being in this dependent branch upon the source. And, it, and it's wonderful. That's what brings relationship, the other. And, it, and, it, and the gospel actually saves us from our existential crisis that I think like if, if you thought through like, OK, what would it be like if father was alone? And he's actually creating out of himself all this stuff. Would he have an existential crisis of his own? Is that, is that a, some yeah. certain element that we're understanding <laughs> of the Father? I don't know. But Jesus like, and the whole gospel saves us from our own existential crisis. We're not alone. There's always another. There's billions and trillions of others that comprise the whole yeah. family of the host of heaven. That's good, you know. And there's some uh, there's some teachings out there, and they're not they're not Christian, but there there's some teachings that I've seen, and I won't mention the name, but he's fairly prominent on YouTube, and uh, he teaches that we are God, period, and that uh, when we um, uh, you know begin to understand that, then we realize, oh, well, every other creation is just a basically a figment of my imagination. And that I'm the only thing that really exists. Everything else I am creating. And I just have to say I, I have a real hard time with that because um, for me personally, that would be an extremely lonely place to be. And um, I, I just, um, it, it doesn't seem to go anywhere. It's like, oh, dead end. That's my personal opinion on it. Anyone else? I'd like to say something. All right, Letty, go ahead. Yes, so um, we're definitely our um, creation. The creator made to uh, a specific on the purpose to function in his full capacity of glory. We have no questions on that. But uh, I guess that we really need to take the sample of, um, uh, of uh, Lucifer, you know? Every time may, men trying to function uh, individual 
um, and, 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 and take God out of a way of the picture, it's trouble, you know? He, yeah. he even say, I'm going to sit and I'm going to be like God. I'm going to become God. But it doesn't work. It, it's not working. When God is not in the picture, when you don't do this in a relationship, it's not working. There's no way because he's going to be the fountain always. He's going to be the, the, the creator the always. Exactly. So there's going yeah. to be a time where we will function with the full, full capacity of his glory. And of course, what we're going to manifest as the word God, you know, but in our hearts, we're never going to forget or in our hearts, we're going to know that we, we manifest his full presence and his full capacity of glory, but in a relationship, you know, he created me to manifest him. So that's a, that's a, that's a really, um, fundament that we need we need to keep our hearts on you know even we say well god yeah i'm manifesting his glory look i'm like him but it's through a relationship nothing can be done in an orphan um state nothing everything has to be in a sonship otherwise it's not working it doesn't work there's no way you can you can say i am i am but if your heart doesn't know that you are manifesting him it's not you're not showing anything right yeah so i like go ahead i'm sorry yeah i like to share that i i I had a vision um father father actually was kind of like um it it was very vivid so he took me to the future and i've been sharing this with some some of you so i went to the future and i was in this place and time where it was like um it was like a very very impressive for me because the people that i saw there it was such a mature people such a mature sons and all the things that we doing right now that we believe what right now about god it was out of the existence it was like there was no need of engaging a saint and, you know, and pray and anything because it was this time where it was the full, full glory of God in us. It was like we are God. God was us. So it was this state of I am God, but God is me. So I guess yeah. that's the part you not forget about it. I am God, but God is me. That means oneness. But if I keep I- saying I am God, without saying God is me, that's not oneness. Yeah. I guess one of the one of the ways I've explained it or, or said it is that everything God is, I am because he lives inside of me. But I'm not him. I am not him. He is um you know, revealing, he's waking me up. He's revealing to me, you know, day after day, more and more so that he can be expressed further and further through us. Now the Christ anointing, I I would encourage anybody and everybody who didn't see this last Sunday to go back and see that because we lay the foundation, I think very uh, strongly uh, for the idea of what is the Christ anointing. And one of the things shared there was that it says in scripture that Jesus is the light of every person doesn't matter if you're Christian or not. He is the light of every person. But the Christ anointing, you know, anointing is an oil. It's, it usually is pictured as an oil that flows down. So if you just picture the Christ anointing as something that 
begins to flow over us. When we want it, when we're ready for it and we want to receive it, it begins to flow down over us. And when it hits that spark of Jesus that's in you, the light that's in you, it's like hitting the spark. The oil hits the spark and boom, you've got this explosion. And that is the born again experience. Because when you look at um, uh, our lives, you know, we're born into the world and we've got these givens. These givens are, you know, the, the, the family that we're born into, the environment we're born into, the community we're born into, all this stuff that creates our identity that we begin running around the earth with. I left my hometown and moved out and I discovered a new me and a lot of those things I left behind. And so there was a kind of a little bit of a rebirth. But when you receive the anointing of the Christ then when that hits that spark of the, the, the light in you and it explodes, that's the born-again experience. And it's at that point that God begins to manifest in and through you. But we do, I think we do have to be really careful about saying, I am God. Because uh, I guess one of, the, one of the things I'd ask is, why do you feel like you have to say that? that that's my personal question. Why? You know, cause it, is, it, is it because you're trying to gain more power, more authority, uh, I do believe it's a great part of our identity that we need to understand. But uh, Daniel Lovett, you're the one that brought this verse up. If you, um, I'm, I'm going to bring it up because uh, I'm not, with all the text challenges I'm having at the moment, I'm just going to go ahead and do it. But this is a verse that Daniel Lovett brought up. Um, and let's see, I'll put that full screen so everyone can see it. Uh, you know, I'm looking at that and I'm saying that sounds like they were not saying they were God. Uh, it didn't sound like that they were going around saying I'm God or that uh, I'm one with God. Even though Jesus said he was one and that that uh, he was one with the Father and that we're one with him, the apostles seem to have a little drawback on that. So comments, thoughts. You hear me? Michael, yeah, go ahead. Then. Whoever else is about to say, just hold that thought. But we have a interesting convo in the chat about Chesterton <clears throat> and um, William Ramsey, a great a great friend on the network. He um, is an expert on on uh, Aleister Crowley. And not to darken the holy talk that we're having, but the topic of "I am God, do as thou wilt." Lucifer is good. Blah blah blah. There's such confusion that's hidden and I, I have a lot of new age friends that I love but they if you listen to them they let it slip they're like do whatever you want I am God you know and it's and Lucifer and Satan and God are the same and you're just like where did that come from what spirit is that from so G.K. Chesterton whose book really helped C.S. Lewis become a Christian wrote a lot about uh, a lot of things but apparently Aleister Crowley thought Oh, Chesterton is the greatest Christian in history. I want to meet him. Chesterton wouldn't even name Aleister Crowley a hundred years ago. 
he said he said of this man that this is the most vile not even a human like a creature of a man once that spirit is fully culminated and so it's very very sneaky but you got to watch where people start saying i am god or whatever that chester that uh that alistair crowley spirit that's just everywhere now um it's been seeded in the culture for, for a long time so I'll let you guys continue because everybody's topics are, are so good and there's so many people here. I hope to hear what Daniel did, Diasan and Brian and uh, Maxine. Right, right. So a lot of people just so, grab that mic. <laughs> so just on that uh, verse that we just shared, uh, anybody have anything else they'd like to share on that? And then I want to ask a couple people some questions. But go ahead um, if you have anything. Yeah, so... I, I might say that another interpretation could be that, um, you know, that really he was reacting to the way that they were thinking and, and because they were thinking totally wrong. You know, they were they thought that they were Zeus, Zeus and Hermes, you know, and they're like, no way, we're not these idols that you guys worship every day. And so I might say that was that was the main reaction, you know, of of the apostles then. Um, but I don't, I don't think it necessarily is I'd say it's kind of like a different topic almost that, you know, it's like they may, maybe it was too much for, for the Greeks to even realize that wait, God is within you, that Christ is within you. And so they didn't even want to get off on that whole subject. You know, they're just like, well, no, basically you guys are totally wrong. We are not Zeus and Hermes come down from, you know, we are not idols for you to worship i mean you should worship the god that is within you the creator of the whole universe that is that's the one you should worship not these idols um so yeah that that might be you know i guess how i might interpret that um but i also wanted to say that i think it really it comes down to this wave and particle theory you know it's these things that we think are opposite but it's actually two sides of the same coin you know, and just like like they've proved in quantum physics, you know, how a proton can act either as a wave or particle, depending on whether it's viewed or not. And I, I do really think that's how God is. That's how this reality is, is that what you know, it's like we're God, we are God, but we're not at the same time. We, we are particle and we're a wave, you know, and in that wave form. All things are one. We are God. All things are God. But in the particle form, oh, we relate to him as a father, you know, son and Holy Spirit. And 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 so I, I think the esoteric religions, they're really focused on that part that we are God, you know, that he's within, that the whole universe is within us. And, you know, like you were saying before, Gil, like, uh, you know, about how actually all the things that we see outside are just ex- an expression of things that we hold within and, I mean, that is a super deep topic, but I, I think on a certain level, you can actually prove this. I mean, if you meditate on something being reality, you will see that it it does, it manifests into your reality. Um, and so that, I mean, that's, it's crazy. I mean, it's almost like, how could you say that Martin is me? I mean, we're different, you know, we, we think different and things are different, you know, and but I, I don't think that it automatically discounts this idea, you know, that we are all actually one, that there is no separation. And, and then, I mean, when you bring Lucifer into the whole play, that makes it even a little more complicated. <laughs> but uh, I, I mean, I just wanted to mention that idea about wave and particle. You know, it's these things that we think are so contradictory, but they're actually the same thing. It just depends how you view it. 
And yeah. yeah, that's good. Anyone else? All right, if I um, make a comment. Yes. So yeah, I've just been listening to everything everyone said, and I think just a lot of important points there for me is the fact that um, in the new age, I think what separates some of the things that we're getting into in the next age from the new age is, you know, and I, I've got nothing against the new age. I've got, like someone else said, I've got a lot of friends that are involved in that sort of stuff, even family members. But I think what defines us as different and keeps us in the safe zone is the fact that we are doing this through the cross. Everything is through the shed blood of, of Yeshua. Um, and if we get off from that, then we can get into some of the dangerous stuff that other people have mentioned, I think. But, the, you know, which is the Christ anointing. I don't know where I am in my journey. I, I understand it as um, when it says in Revelation 21 that um, it says, and I saw um, the new Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. So if, in a sense, if we're the new Jerusalem, um, it's in relationship with Yeshua. If we're going to be the light to the world, you know, if we are the new Jerusalem, because I kind of lean to that understanding that, you know, there's not necessarily a second coming as we thought of in the traditional sense, but that we, our oneness with Christ will become so complete over time um, that we are the new Jerusalem. But the new Jerusalem is like a bride. So if you separate a bride from her husband, you know, they're only one when they're, they're joined together. If they're separated, they're not one. And um, Yeshua is the head. Like it says in uh, somewhere in Ephesians about um, the husband being the head of the wife and Christ being head of the church. You know, not to get into that too much because people have different ideas, but, you know, without him, we're no longer married. He is, he is the kind of central partner in that marriage for me. You know, if we yeah. become the bride of Christ, and then we are the new Jerusalem. But it's it's all in him and for him and to him, isn't it? There's no in him we live and move and have our being. We can't we can't be gods outside of him. Yeah. That's good. That's good. All right, so Daniel and Brian, uh I know you guys both had indicated before that you had something you were bringing. So uh you want to you want to bring that up now? Either one of you? Yeah, let, let me, able to... go ahead, Brian. Let me jump in right quick because I, I, I want to kind of piggyback on what the other Daniel said uh, a few moments ago. Yeah, this was this was very interesting for me, guys. I, I was up really late last night just pondering, uh, you know, this stuff, and because uh, I think it's an important topic. I really do. I, I, I think this is something that needs to be covered. So I'm very grateful that that we're getting to do that today. Um, what? Here, here, let me just. I'm just going to kind of stick with the notes that I wrote, guys, because, like I said, this was almost like a download thing for me last night. So uh, this is uh, I'm going to just read through it and whatever, <laughs> wherever it goes, let's just go. Right. OK. All right. All right. So I, I started at Genesis 126, where it says, and God said, let us make man in our image and after our likeness. So, OK, so. What does that even mean, right? So I think Daniel kind of hit on it a little earlier. I think it's a concept that comes from two angles. I really think that it's a spiritual and a physical thing, but it's really both two sides of the same coin. Are you with me? 
so uh, it, it's it's really not to me that hard to understand if we don't try to overthink it. You, you know what I'm saying? So so the, I started with the physical part first. Uh, you know, we we our desires to do stuff in the world and do a lot of good stuff. And I think that such a desire is to follow in the footsteps of the Father who created us, because in part, not only are we put into the world to experience and learn, but we're also here to create. We're made in the image of God because we're also creators, and participating in that act of creation is, is literally our birthright, guys. So uh, as a matter of fact, we persist, we're participating in creation every day, whether we know it or yeah. are aware of it or not. Yeah. Creation yeah. is constantly unfolding right before our eyes, right? A simple thought can be an act of creation because thoughts become things, okay? Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's, it's very important that we understand how to use the power that, that we have in a, in, a, in a positive, conscious way. Again, someone mentioned earlier, Psalms 82, 26 says, I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. Uh, I, I really got to thinking about this too, guys. I, I don't understand why, the, the, especially Christianity, think that being a god is, is like just taboo. I, I, I never have really kind of, I, I pondered it a little, but I never really got to the end of it. But uh, I think, again, it's very important how we use our creative power consciously okay uh so uh, in other words uh I, in other words having the ability to choose uh what to do in a in a situation and, and not just reacting but have a conscious knowing that i have a conscious choice on how to respond to whatever comes up uh so uh let me keep going here uh on the, on the other a, a conscious person ha has much power to create an abundant healthy life because we know how that works if we dwell on the positive and the learning aspect of every situation that comes into our life, and I think that we uh, we can literally choose to create uh, an abundant life. Uh, I mean, it just it, it's it's happened so many times for Cindy and me, and uh, it, I think uh, it, it may take a while, but I promise the results will happen. I think again, the problem with uh, Christian mindsets uh, sometimes we we get. Um, we don't like to think of that we're Superman. You, you know what I'm saying? Or we don't. We don't like to see us as, as having, you know, as having the the literal power that we do have. But we have it. Uh, so uh, we, uh, to me, I guess the bottom line, this part of it, to me, we are are as God simply because we have uh, power to create, and this is why I believe that we're made in the image of God on a physical level okay now let me go spiritual right quick here uh how are we made in the image of god on this level let's uh, uh let's get back to what i said earlier thoughts become things and so how can a thought which is an immaterial manifest a thing that is material and the answer lies uh in 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 the scriptures all through there uh and and this is something that cindy and i really uh, uh press into a lot at the land and that the, and that's this that the physical world is really an illusion that's david vancouvering uh taught us that uh, uh so uh let me let me i'm trying to get everything in here you know so i'm trying to really run through this quickly um uh, now when i say the world is an illusion i don't mean that we're not having a, a, a physical experience because we definitely are 
but our organic senses combined with our egos form a symbiotic relationship that shows us a physical experience that is so real that we believe that that is our true life story. And that may or may not be true. Chances are it is not. We believe the lie. This believing makes the whole experience unique. And so uh, let me wind this thing up really quickly, guys. I believe that consciousness is, uh, is spirit and that spirit expresses itself through physical creation and that <clears throat> consciousness has created the organic senses to experience a physical existence of polar opposites simply to help our, our, our uh, soul grow and mature. Uh, so, uh, quickly, uh, remembering that man and God are one in spirit, uh, we seem to forget this and we seem to separate those two in our physical experience. Uh, but I realized this many years ago, uh, and I think the answer is still true, that uh, we realize that it is within us because that's where Jesus said the kingdom of God resides, okay? And so I really want to encourage meditation and mindfulness for that to become a, a realized thing in your life. Uh, so anyway, uh, I believe, again, in, in winding this up, that we truly are made in the image of the Father uh, on a spiritual level because we inherit our we have uh, because inherit inherit in our consciousness uh, fragmentation is also the potential for unity conscious, which I believe is Christ consciousness, guys. So I believe that that's how Jesus operated in unity consciousness. And I I, I don't I, somebody said earlier about the uh, Jesus said I'm the vine, you're the branches. I, I don't see any separation there for me. Uh, so I, I don't really press. Uh, 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 what I really think or teach onto on anybody, of course, but I, I really do believe that there is no separating us from, from the Father. Uh, and uh, I, I think it, it, it takes oneness to, to a whole nother level, Gil. So, uh, Brian, here's a question for you then. Um, so, you talk about no separation between us and the Father. So, would you take that to the point of saying, I am the Father? I don't know if I would or not, Gil. I, I know that because uh, you know, I, I really don't believe that we can be separated from the Father. The psalmist said there's nowhere I can go that he's not. Uh, and so uh, I think, again, that's a teaching that Christianity has brought on uh, for fear uh, as a fear tactic. That's just my that's just my view. But I'm just yeah. saying, uh, uh, yeah, I. I um, <laughs> so I, I guess I, I feel like you know what we're what we're doing and and we're it's all kind of fuzzy right now, you know, as to what what we're saying and what we're not saying, and I don't know that we have much clarity, you know, as a group, which which is fine. That's why I said I want at least two hours to do this because uh, I think we're just kind of getting our our theses out there at the moment, and, and then we'll begin to maybe discuss and see how they fit or don't fit. Um, yeah. but that was just a question of clarity for me is, you know, would you say then that we are the father or in this oneness? Because I see, you know, now we've talked about the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, that there are three separate entities, yet one. And my wife and I are, you know, again, two separate entities, yet we're one. Uh, so there's, there's a, an understanding of oneness that still gives you your individuality and and so that's what I'm trying to figure out, because I I feel like there are some that uh, would take it to the point of uh, there is no when you say there's no separation that, you know, Adina and I are actually one. Well, in the physical realm, we can see that's not 
true in the physical realm that we're seeing right now. Uh, and I would even may maybe assume that it's true with the Trinity, that they're not, you know, one being, but that they're actually separate beings in community and oneness in unity. Um, so that's a, a question for anybody and everybody. But go ahead, Brian. Really quick. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that's what I was uh, began this whole thing with, Gil, was the separating the physical and spiritual aspect of, of who we are. Uh, so, yeah, I, I totally get what you're saying, uh, that we are, you know, sending our two entities, but we're one. I get that. Uh, so, yeah, it, I, but this, the spiritual aspect is what has to come into, for me, had to come into play. And I just had to go uh, go into it on my own and, and just really do some uh, digging and and uh, meditating and, and stuff like that to, to even even yeah. bring in what I know now. So, which, which yeah. like somebody said earlier, we're just scratching the surface of the surface. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, I do like how, how Letty said it because there, there's even, you know, there's been discussions before about, uh, hey, if we get to the point where we can just uh, teleport and, or just be wherever we want to be, then the places lose their meaning. And that may be true, but I would say that by the time we get to that point where we can do that, there's going to be other things that take on meaning for us. That being somewhere may not have much meaning to it, but something else takes us place that, is, that we don't even have a grid for at the moment. So, uh, so anybody else want to comment or ask clarity questions uh, for what Brian just shared? And then I want to move to Daniel Cook. I can, I can briefly uh, add a scripture to that that i think it is pretty clear um in the bible that you know jesus was one with his father he is one with his father but he also said i i only do what i see my father doing and all really understood the sin in the flesh like i i don't want to walk around knowing how much of a mess i am telling people like i'm god <laughs> totally like i did there's one time where i there was this miracle app totally me i manifested it wow i am i just i, I would never want to ever be in that position but in the spirit it says we are enthroned with jesus we're seated in heavenly places so it's it's um in the spirit and in our i guess the part of us that is is redeemed in him because flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god so this the, the satan's thing is to try to get you down by accusing you of where you're not worthy because well mm -hmm. in our flesh we aren't worthy but in the, in the spirit he never he never wants you to get in touch with god he never wants you to really be one with him to know how much you can actually do when you are one with him read the bible read read those parts of it where abraham is talking to god and says i am your exceedingly great reward you know walk before me all the days of your life abraham was a huge mess moses too <laughs> I mean, gosh, guys, like that's putting the doorknob pretty low for us. So, yes, we can do more than all the prophets. I'm not trying to be snarky with the sunglasses. Just the sun came out, and I was up late last night. And my eyes are, just, my eyeballs are burning out because there's so much glory in this in this conversation. <laughs> and I, you know. <laughs> I, 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 uh, all right. Thank you, Michael. Anyone else? Yeah, I did have a comment. Um, Brian, I loved what you shared. It's amazing. You know, uh, I think that the early church fathers kind of shared that perspective too. They were a lot less scared of talking about what they'd what they'd refer to as or what's been referred to as divinization. You know, I, I have these these quotes in my uh, 
right here. Let's, let me look them up real quick. I got a couple quotes here. St. Thomas Aquinas wrote, uh, the only begotten son of God, wanting to make us sharers in his divinity, assumed our nature so that he made man might make men gods. And then St. Athanasius said, for the son of God became man so that we might become God. See, I think that um, revealing our our higher <laughs> higher nature, you know, from from the animal uh, animal nature of the cravings of the world, right? The lust of the flesh, the lust yeah. of the eyes, the boasting of what we have to do, our our vying for position in this in this realm of duality with in, in the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But there's a different tree, right? There's a different tree we can all eat from, and it's the tree of life. And I and I've 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 had so many revelations or so many moments with the Lord where he's like I bring wholeness to the whole right through the through the tree of life it's for the healing of all the nations healing of all all our, our perspectives and and I want to highlight with this other quote too I, I love this what somebody mentioned already one of my favorite verses in him we live and move and have our being you know and, mm-hmm. and I came across this quote by Rumi and says you are not a, a drop in the ocean you are the entire ocean in a drop yeah. Is it yeah. true that the fullness of God dwells in us, like the kingdom of heaven is within you? Like the, the we're packing the Trinity, as John Crowder would talk about, you know? Uh, but not, in, not only that, but connection to what? The, the entirety of the host of heaven. You'll see the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And that's true for you too, the angels of God yeah. ascending and yeah. descending yeah. upon you. Yeah. The, uh, the Son. And you know, like somebody else, they, 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 they had this comment to me about, well, you know, sure, um, you might be a drop in the ocean of God, but, you know, just, well, just take that drop out of that. I mean, what are you then? And it's like, you can't, you can't ever extract me from the one in whom I live and move and have my being. He takes up all the space. There's nothing that isn't God. Like scripture says, there's a couple verses, like he fills all things everywhere with his presence. Like God is all and in all and living in you all and in making everything out of his very own substance as Nolan referenced. Thank you, Nolan. Yeah, and That's all I have to Good. say about that for now. <laughs> all right. Um, so Daniel, uh, or Letty, you have something? Go ahead. Yes. So I like to say that uh, every, every word has a, uh, um, a meaning on its it carries an own frequency so definitely i am carries a frequency of harmony when father expressed the um, uh, i am it means that his function he's an omnipresence god uh a being that function in in everywhere i am i am the tree i am I am the moon, I am the sun, I am, I am the healer, I am the provider, I am. So I am carries a, a, a frequency of the, 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 con- the context of I am everywhere. So um, when we say I'm in God, I am God, you know, but we not really vibrate in the right frequency. It's just, it's just not what it is. So <laughs> that, that's my, interesting. Yeah, my expression of I am God, when I went to the future, when Father showed me that time where everybody was in the fullness, everybody was in the transfiguration, it was very impressive. 
but I, um, I didn't, I didn't say I'm the way. Oh, I am God. No, I say it in the impressive way that I was, I was conscious the state I was operated with. Right now, I pray God has my father in some place of my heart. I pray, I pray, I talk to God in some place and somewhere. But in that time of my vision, it was, it was fullness engaged. God was in me in this completely way that it was totally, totally. Uh, we lost you, Letty. For some reason, we can't hear you. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm sorry. Do you hear me now? Yeah, we can hear you now. So that's when I came with the expression of, oh, I am God. You know, because the, 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 the vibration that it was on me, it was like I, I became in a harmony, you know, in the fullest function of his glory, in a harmony and with the whole entire universe. I, we was in this moment that we don't even say, God, should I do this or should I don't? God was so engaged in the heart and the mind that if I speak, God, God wasn't speaking. So that's it. Yeah, that's all I wanted all to right. talk there. Really good. Really good. Uh, anyone, anybody want to respond to that before we go to Daniel Jedediah Cook? I do. Yeah, Maxine, go ahead. When Letty said harmonize, I saw little, like little tiny, not bubbles or particles or something, but each one was separate, but yet they were in harmony, but they were, they were together, but they weren't. So yeah, I, I got the thought earlier, uh, the deeper we go, the more complicated it gets. <laughs> Yeah, and um, I, th that's an interesting comment because, in some ways, I feel like we're supposed. This should be simple. This should be easy, and and uh, yet, as human beings, it feels like it seems like we we want to dig in to find the the deeper stuff that's more complicated. And uh, I don't have anything to say, neither here nor there, with good or bad on that. But it's just it is interesting because I feel like in some ways we need to keep it simple. But we all are searching for the deeper truths, and um, so that's what like, that's what we're doing right here. Gil, I just I just want to comment real yeah. quick. I liked how when she talked about the harmonization and really the resonating with the heart of the Father. I think that's that's really to me that is oneness. That it's like, man, I am so resonant with Him that there is nothing else. And and I think it, and that is that tricky part. It's like you you have become one in true. Because it's, I don't even have to ask the Father. I know the Father. I know His thoughts so intimately, so well, that it's there is no separation with it. And I think, you know, that is obviously that's the the goal of oneness. Even though we are one, but I I don't manifest that fully yet because I'm still processing through and maturing through that that aspect of it. But I love that 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 imagery of just that harmony of vibration that it is it is the father's heart and voice and vibration all the way through yeah so i think that's another good way of looking at it the resonating that i am one if i'm resonating in with what father the will of the father uh that that is a form of oneness as well 
that um, I'm resonating with his will and operating in that. All right, I want to make sure we give Daniel Jedediah Cook a, a, a chance here to, to share something. Uh, we're already into this an hour. I really think we're going to use the two hours, but I, I got a feeling we're going to come down to uh, a place where we kind of settle out of the cloud, uh, the, the mist and the fog, to where when we're done here, I think we're, I feel like we're going to have something fairly substantial to, to, to rest on. So, uh, Daniel, go ahead. Il, I'll be honest with you, I'm I'm shaking on the inside because to me there's a, a, a very strong spirit of the fear of the Lord over this conversation. And that's just my response here. So I'm I'm hoping that I'll be articulate as possible as I go through this, yeah. but it's been it's been that strong uh in me with regards to this because you know, there's there's a there is a huge difference between two questions and really I think when it comes down to this, it's going to be a matter of semantics. You know, I, sometimes I, we I, all have different expressions and having that time to be able to discuss it long enough to discover on, that the semantics on. of what we're saying are actually the same thing goes a lot great. It goes a lot deeper and allows us to have that harmony that, that we were talking about. That was talked about just a few moments ago that one yeah, can have an yeah. expression Another one can have a slightly different expression, but they harmonize together. Come on. Come and, on. you know, harmony well comes together. Harmony comes together because there's peaks and troughs. And there are troughs. Those peaks or troughs will join up at certain points. You know, anybody, a musician, and I'm, I'm not a musician, but I have basic understanding on that. But, you know, that's what brings about a true sense of harmony. And they are individual and they are making a single, more beautiful, more deep sound it's not just a single tone it's 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 something that's beyond a single tone that becomes very beautiful and so the semantics of this are are the, is the question are you god now that question right there is very singular because we're, we we delineated the you are you mm -hmm. god are we god those, those are semantic questions. The question is, is, and see, to me, to answer that question, right, right, plain and straight and simply out, I think that, and the consensus has been so far this, no, I am not God, but I am of God. And there's a big difference because there's a big difference in the way that we see things. And the best way that I've found to be able to express that, because when, when, you, when this question was brought up, uh, this morning I got up and began to meditate on something that I'm actually delivering tonight now, this one I had prepared for, for today because to me it began to express exactly what, what uh, I was trying to, what I believe that I'm trying to convey here. And hopefully will bring about a lot of clarity with regards to this, but it actually goes along with what I'm going to be teaching in our School of Living Letters tonight. And, you know, so let's take a look at us when we were children, right? <laughs> All right. No, these are just cells. These are just regular, normal cells. But if I take a look at these cells, they're individual, yet they're a part of, of one. So when I say that I'm of him, mm -hmm. the way that I begin to see this is the place of, of how Yahweh has created me to be a cell inside of him. I have a job to do. I have something that, that, I, that, that in my, if you will, my scroll had been set aside for me to be able to accomplish. And in that, there were promises that Yahweh gave me. And he promised that I will give you everything that you need to be able to accomplish that goal. 
But you see, I may be one of many cells that are beginning to do a particular function. Each one of those cells are absolutely necessary. Not one can be lost without, without it, then some others then coming in and, and, uh, and being a part of that to, to be able to complete the overall goal. Even though I may have the opportunity to be able to finish and complete the goal that was set out for me to, to accomplish. And so in this place, you know, really the simplicity of all this really comes to do when we look at ourselves and our own bodies. Our bodies were made in the very image of God. And in that place, if we want to see how we are in him or of him, then we, then we only have to go as far as our own bodies. You know, Paul said it this way, how can the hand say to the foot, I have no need of you? How can the head say to the rest of the body, I have no need of you? Well, they both are necessary. We need the head to be able to conduct the body to have it do what it's supposed to do. The body needs to complete that function and return that back to the head. My word goes forth into all the earth and it will not return back void. It will accomplish all that I've set it out to accomplish and for the purpose for which I intended it to do. So you see, in that place of us looking at that in the place of the body, then I cannot say to the head, I cannot say to any other part, I can't even say that to another cell, I have no need of you because I have absolute need of you. Now, I, in and of myself, Yahweh has already told me that in my cell, he's given me all that I need that pertains to the life and godliness. So I can complete a job in and of myself and complete that job and yet help others at the same time. Mm -hmm. So as I began to meditate on this even more, Yahweh began to, to have me look at it from a slightly different perspective. Well, what about what? Let's say that I'm a cell and I just begin to choose because Yahweh has the one thing that Yahweh has given us. The one thing that I believe that that where a lot of the crux of this question comes down to is the place of choice. Yeah. The one yeah. thing that I know that Yahweh's given us is choice. Mm -hmm. So let's say that I, a cell, choose to do whatever I want to do and I want to do something on my own, suddenly I become something far different than what I was before. In other words, this is a picture of a cancer cell. Yeah. When yeah. I was in the medical field for 22 years. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about those who are dealing when we pray for those and, and are, are speaking over theirs. I'm looking at this from a, a, from a purely spiritual perspective, and we pray for the healings of those who are, are affected by this horrible, horrible disease. But the truth is, is that when a cell chooses to do what it wants to do, it malforms. It looks something completely different from what it was intended to do. And the next thing that it does is to try, it tries to, you know, recruit other cells to do basically do the same thing. I was in the medical field for 22 years. And one of the most basic ways that I used to be able to describe uh, cancer to someone was just this, that same thing. It was a very simplistic way of putting it. And so, you know, the, the question then comes, well, cancer has to be cut out or it's going to cause death to the entire body. Yes, that is right. Death will, cancer will have to be cut out from the body, but it's not because God judged what was going on in that cancerous part of the body. Where did it begin? It began when I raised up and I said, I am going to do what I want to do irrespective of anybody else or other what they think or what they feel. And in that place, I then become a cancer inside of the body of Christ. And so you see there's, and, and Yahweh does have to remove that, but not because he, he hates us. 
he's saying, no, no, the frequency, there's sound, there's proof that even now that, that with cancer cells, that, that there is sound in the frequency that can take a cancer cell and turn it back into a normal cell. So that's, it's, not, it's not a final place, but we have to be very, very careful to say that I am God separate from Al Almighty Yahweh. I cannot be God separate from him. And so it's from this place that, that I believe that, that we're asking the question overall, you know, what are we speaking from? How are we speaking from? Because I am not God, but I'm of God. You know, really, if you think about it, that was, let's bring up the conversation from earlier. That was Lucifer's issue. Lucifer said, I'm going to exalt my throne above that of Almighty Yahweh. Really, when it yeah, comes down yeah. to it and the natural part of that, it's no different than a cancer cell. I'm going to do what I want to do and exalt my my beliefs, what I what I what I feel like in myself. I'm going to do what I want to do. It doesn't matter about you. And that began the whole thing. And so, Again, Daniel, I, I was going to bring up the I'm idea of the, uh, um, the the body, you know, because that is the analogy that we get all the way through Scripture is the body, the marriage. You know, it's all about the body coming together and so forth, but it's coming together in unity. And I think what you you've just expressed is, you know, a very clear analogy. It's a it's a picture it's a model that that god has given us so that we can understand uh so you know there's a lot of things i i would say that still need to be understood but that's why we're having this discussion and so i think you've brought up a very good piece for us to discuss and um you know even in that because i was going to bring this up that if we're not careful we can take all this meditation stuff that if you just focus on good things and just ignore all the bad stuff and you know or whatever you that that you're basically trying to skip out on just living in the present you you're, you're kind of just trying to skip out and say i'm i'm i don't want to do this i'm just going to live in the heavenlies and that you know where we kind of get to that place of you're so heavenly minded you're no earthly good <laughs> that type of thing that 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 that's a true thing that happens that people get to a place where uh i feel like i'm so much you know of god or am god that i i will just do my own thing and 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 true too they will draw others to try to do the same thing but what i shared earlier on is that i've I've been there. I know other people who've been there. And thankfully, we came out the other side and realized, well, that was a bad trip. Uh, you know, don't need to go there. Don't need to do that again. Yeah. Because the results were, I know, I know our broadcast stopped. I can't do anything about it. I'll have to are, we'll put the are recording, you recording up later. on Zoom. Uh, no, I'm recording on OBS. So we'll get it out okay. there later. So, um, you know, that that in this process where we get to the place where we don't communicate anymore uh, with the body because we think we are God, that we come to this place where I, I don't, you shouldn't need anything from me because if we're gods, then, you know, or if we are God, then you don't need anything from me. I don't need anything from you. But that's not the paint picture that God has given to us. He's given us this picture where we live and breathe together in him. And when you have something that I need that Ideally, you're willing to give. And if I have something you need, I'm willing to give. It's how the body's meant to work together. But I don't have everything because I am not God. I am a part of the body of God and I'm operating in that. So, I mean, again, these are just things that we're all looking at, pieces of the puzzles. 
And uh, so feedback on both what, what Daniel just shared and, and you know, because now we kind of got a little bit of two different things going a little bit. Uh, and, and like Daniel said, I think we can work on semantics and be able to come together in a different way. We got a lot of people coming on from Zoom because our, our, our broadcast on YouTube and Facebook stopped. <laughs> uh, so um, anybody. I would I would just add into it that, you know, in Scripture, it says that we were created a little lower you know, than God. And then, you know, we've talked about this before that God is light, God is spirit, God is love. We are light, we are spirit, but nowhere does it say that we are love. And I would say that our journey here is to learn to love. To love. Mm -hmm. And that, it, that has to be the focus in this conversation. And, and I would say the challenge of most um, of the, you know, other religions is I'm trying to get to be like God in my own effort, in my own strength, typically, um, instead of this oneness, this connection, and with the focus of love as the primary. And I think that's the problem is we've seen a lot of people go this route, I am God, but they're not loving. And, you know, there's yeah. relationship yeah. issues and there's problems. And it's like, um, you know, that's that's not where you know, it's add. And so instead of focusing on, am I God or am I not God? You know, I'm, I want to be focusing on, on what is my love, you know, love level and how am I expressing that? And we will be talking more on that on, um, on this Sunday. That's going to be the topic is really what is real love? Because I don't even think we know that we have so many of our own motives, selfishness, ego mixed in that, you know, we don't have a clear understanding of that good it's good and i think just to jump in i i love that adina because it's you know when we look at it, it it is love and i think that is the challenge with at least my experience with folks that go in more of the independent i am god route they're they're kind of jerks i mean they're <laughs> they're, they're self-seeking and really they're they're looking for more of that dominionism or that colonization of the of the world when they talk about you know we're going to, you know, God's going to take over the world. They, they mean more like a colonization and it's a forceful takeover kind of a deal. And that's not the heart of the father, at least that I see myself and experience. And so I think it's, it's that perspective, but I think the other, the other side of it, I think we've got two extremes in, in, in the body that a lot of Christians struggle with this whole concept because we're taught in, in many of the institutions that we're, we're so unworthy, we're so wretched, so worthless, that to even mention this conversation is, is an <laughs> abomination kind of a deal. Right. Because right. it's just unheard of because of their low self-worth and really their low self-love. is It's so low that it's, it's unconscionable that, to have even this concept. And I think what what I think we're landing on here is that independently, no, no way we're, we we are not God independently. But I think the the things I think Daniel and some others had said that it's not even a possibility to be truly independent of God because we are we are one with Him. Now, my free choice, I can choose to try to say, yeah, I'm independent, and I become like that cancer cell, but I'm still a cancer cell within the body. Right. I can't even be outside of the body. Right. And so I think it really is that learning, that growing, that understanding. But it is that 
it's that resonating with oneness until I think as Letty had said so beautifully that we really become the father. I mean, there, that, that there is no separation in thought, action, deed. It's that we're resonating in such harmony with the entire oneness of God, the body of God, the body of Christ, that there is no difference when, when you, when I experience, you know, Gil Hodges or Daniel Lovett as is vibrating harmoniously with the father's heart. I may not even recognize that I'm not speaking to the father and, and Gil, you know, it's like, wow, I experienced the father through that love because there was such harmonious vibration and the love I received from that. And I think that's my opinion, as we're growing together, that's really the, the culmination of it is that when we can't even tell one another apart almost because of that love, because of the way we feel, even though we operate as individual cells, if you will, I, I love that the body uh, analogy, but we, we, we vibrate in, in such harmony that we work as one. And I think that's really what I see in yeah. the message of scripture so much and we forget about, but it is an elevated status that's embarrassing. I mean, that's that's the truth of it. It's God elevates <laughs> us into ourselves to such a degree, it's embarrassing to even talk about. And that's why I think we struggle with it a bit, but he has called us worthy. He has made us worthy, righteous and pure, yeah. and brought us to himself. And I think that's the, 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 the mix of it. It's not, we're not independently God, but we're also not dirty, rotten sinners. We are incredible. So, you know, one of the things I, I you, you kind of touched on it, but the other thing that I see that happens in people that go down this route, you know, myself included, that when I went down that route is that you get to a place when you believe you're trying to believe that you're God, you're trying to walk in it. So what happens, too, is you get to a place where I don't need help. In fact, if you try to correct me, I'm probably going to get very upset with you because I'm on my own journey doing my own thing, trying to become God, <laughs> you know, or trying to perfect myself. You know, so um, that that is another thing that I see in people who've gone down this road. Um, I, and I was going to say, Daniel, on your uh, analogy, uh, I'd say one of the things that might be a little bit different uh, would be that rather than removing the cancer, God comes in and eventually heals the cancer gets it back into alignment that, that 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 fits with the restoration of all things just throwing that out there <laughs> i absolutely love that i actually had a that reminds me of a vision daniel uh here i'm talking to another version of myself here daniel um <laughs> i had a vision about being a cell in the body of god and i was also shown by all these other cells that i was connected with the host of heaven that i was introduced to that were on mission to rescue all the lost and fallen rescue all the cancer cells the physician, the great physician, is healing himself. Physician, heal yourself, we'll quote to him. Oh, healing himself. They're, they're all, uh, you know, fractals of him. They're all cells. Everyone is cells in his body. And there's billions and trillions. And uh, he's, he's into, you know, bringing restoration to all things. Yes, let's champion that message, the reconciliation, ultimate reconciliation. That, that, that just as Lamentation says, there's no one abandoned by the Lord forever. He divides his ways to bring us back to himself, 2 Samuel 14, 14. You know, and, and the picture that we get from 1 Corinthians 15 and Colossians 1, 20 of, of this, this ultimate reconciliation and the restoration of all things, Acts chapter 3, right? That's, that's, uh, that's what makes the good news good. This is what brings relief to my heart because I care about the, I care. I care about whoever it may be. I don't want Hitler to go to hell. I don't want anybody to, because I've I've experienced some of that hell myself, 
you know? And I'm sure all of you have to. We've all suffered to some degree. We don't want anybody who is made in the image of God and God's not willing that any should perish. And I think he's doing something about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's good. And and I I don't mean to throw a little bit of a, a wrench in this, but this is the one thing that that I believe in that Yahweh has provided the restoration of all things. But I believe there's one thing, and Gil and I, Gil, you and I have talked about this before, but I believe there's one thing that supersedes even that, and that's our place of choice. Yahweh gave us a right to, to be able to choose because it, it was in that place that we could then choose to love him. I guess I went in the, I was being in the medical field for 22 years. I saw more things happen that most people see in an entire lifetime, sometimes within a single night. And, and I've seen many different situations where that, that people have passed on and cursing Yahweh on the way out and not wanting to be a part of anything of what was going on. And so I agree. I believe in that place where, where I, that I'm, I'm too, I too am like you. We should all never glory in the in something somebody else's situation, nor should we ever wish someone else to go to hell, nor should we ever, you know, that's the right attitude. That's the right heart. That's a very Jewish heart. That's a Hebrew heart. We don't want to be to be doing anything that's that's against anybody else. But yet at the same time, Yahweh by his own word gave us that place of choice. And it's in that choice that I cannot judge one way or the other based on their responses. And that is between them and Almighty Yahweh. So in that place, I can love them. I can do as Adina was taught, regardless of the way that they respond to me. I can look and see the light of the Father that is shining in them and through them because his mercy reigns on the just and the unjust. But at the same time, I have to honor their choices in what they've done. So that's the one thing that always catches me with, with that, that restoration of all things. And that, that I believe that everyone will have the opportunity because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Yeshua is the Christ. But at the same time, that may be true, but that may be in a, in a kicking and screaming on the way out of, uh, out of the door. So I don't know. I, I, I hold, I reserve my right to be wrong in that. And I reserve my right, but you know, so I'm not trying to to uh, to to diminish one way or or in, enhance one way or another. I'm just giving up a, a point when it comes to that. But no, it's yeah. good. And I and I, you know, I, like you said, we did have this discussion before, and I and we all reserve our rights to have our choices and our opinions, and that's what we're here to be able to express those without getting them shut down, but also being open to discussion on those. And uh, just so on that on that point, I'll just share m my position on that. And that is the idea that God gave us choice is is there. And but nowhere in the Bible does it say that we are that 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 choice is taken away. And so mm -hmm. that, you know, if by going into the purifying fires of hell afterwards, uh, how long would I have to be there before I, you know, when I'm saturated in God's love with no deception and no garbage of the earth that have, you know, has been pulled over my eyes, the baggage and everything that I carry, but rather that living in that place, even, you know, call it hell if you want to, but in the purifying place where he's burning off all the dross, getting rid of all the wood, stubble and hay, but says I'll still stand. But when that's done, that I have a choice, I can look at him and, and, uh, and say, I'm, I'm still not interested. 
But okay, so maybe a million years down the road, because I'm still going to be there, and he still hasn't taken away my freedom of choice, I would assume that when it says that love never fails, that this applies in this case too, that his love would not fail, that eventually his love's going to get through to every single person, and that they would, on their own on their own accord would choose at some point to say you love me don't you you really love me i accept that and i accept you and i'm willing to step out of this hell and into the glory so that's that's just my my uh, it, you know there's not a, a ton of theology to back all that up but it is also i feel like implied in the love of god and scriptures that uh a lot of them being misinterpreted <laughs> can can have a different interpretation on them. So, um, the, the Coco, lady, you had a go ahead, Michael. Let's say that I was like, Coco is going to say something. Lisa yes. gonna say something. We're just walking all over these ladies and just wanted to make sure that they got. It. Yeah. So I want to get back Thank to them. You, Coco. <laughs> Thank you. Go ahead. OK, I wrote it because I couldn't keep it inside. I was just saying, uh, you know, when you were saying that you were in that phase of, oh, God, who needs anything else? So I, I think we kind of all do it. The minute we start pursuing God, we just get mesmerized and, and we're like, I don't need the body. What do you mean the body? God. And so God says, yeah, yank back. Um, but yeah, and also 1 Corinthians, I can't remember the reference now about are we gods or not gods. We become one in spirit with God, right? When we are joined to him. Um, I think for me that's that's going to occupy my mind until until I don't know when because I'm trying to wrap my head around that and I don't know. I don't know if I can call myself a God, but I'm trying to be one with God instead. Right. I, I, I believe, I, I can say that I, I feel comfortable saying I, I'm, <laughs> this is kind of a, a weird way to say it, but I'm a chip off the old block. <laughs> I, I am a partaker in the divine. And that word partaker, it's a partial taking, not a full taking. There's a lot of people that want to just take the full divine and God get off the throne so I can get up there, you know, <laughs> but rather that we understand it's a partaking or it's a partial uh, partaking of the divine that, as Daniel said, we're a part and a piece of the divine and we're much more than we think we are. I'm pretty sure of that. Uh, and to, to understand that. I'm a piece and a partaker of the body of Christ, the body of God. Um, well, let me tell you, that body is so much more sophisticated than we think. When we, we are, we're limited by thinking of the cells in our body. And those little cells, they, they, they do do a lot, but compared to who we are and what we do in the body of Christ, there's no comparison. So. I want to add to that a little bit because uh, something I meant to say a little bit earlier and moved on to something else at the time. But, uh, you know, when we look at from the Hebrew perspective, you know, we, we've, we've danced around it at the beginning of this, where we were talking about, uh, you know, do, do you not know that you are gods? Well, in the original Hebrew, that's Elohim. All right. And so there's, there's the Yod-Heh-Vav-Heh, and then there's Elohim. Now, the only way that I can express what Elohim is, is in a very simple way, is that the Elohim is the expression of who we are inside of that body. All right. So when we go to Genesis 1, Barashid bara Elohim, in the beginning, God created, right? That's where we say that we were with him in the beginning. 
because just as Levi was in the 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 loins of of, of Abraham when he tied to Melchizedek, so it was true as 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 if Levi had done it himself. So so you see there was there was this place of of how each one of us are contained and we each have so you know even a cell splits in half and and it multi and it splits again and it splits again so those are all still a part of the body and still all a part of me my children my daughter my daughter is a part of me and my wife together as one and so those are all expressions of that so when when i look at elohim that now the elohim like i said does not exalt us to the place of being the yode vave by no means it's just another way of expressing that place of who we are inside of him. So please bear that in mind. So when, when it, when it says that I made you a little, when, when it said that of uh, Yeshua, that we made, he made Yeshua a little bit lower or he made man a little bit lower. Yeah, yeah. That part that he was talking about was a little bit lower than Elohim. That little bit lower than the angels, I believe is I'm using a different scripture than what uh, Adina used earlier. That, that he made Yeshua a little lower than the angels, he made him a little lower than the Elohim. Why? Because Yeshua came as a servant to serve us, to, to, to remind us and say, hey, this is who the Father has always been. This is, that's why Yeshua said, I only do what I see the Father do. He, if you will, I mean, I hate to, to reduce it to this because, the, but the analogy fits just too perfectly. He became a cell that came in and said, hey, cells, this is what you're supposed to look like. This is the way we're supposed, this is the way that we harmonize. This is the way that we look into the face of the father and we become what we hold, like Coco was talking about. This is the way that, that the cancer cell becomes an, a, a normal cell once again. Yes, because we, we have turned our hearts to the face of the father and we're becoming at what we behold. We're becoming a part of his body that works together with all the other parts of his body. Very good, well said. Okay, yeah, I want to I want to make sure that we get some of the. Okay, go ahead. Well, <laughs> I Karen, I want you to piggyback off Daniel. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to piggyback <laughs> off Daniel Jedediah because somebody put a, um, a very good thing from Chris Chris Blackaby on here, and um, so upset that Luke couldn't make it today because he did a show with me about the Most High God and why are we calling him the Most High God. So it's sort of like what Chris Blackaby is saying here. So here's the post. We are little gods, Elohim, created after the image of God, but not the most high God. Um, and then it goes on. So that's where she's differentiating the, you know, where he's differentiating the two, you know. Not saying yeah. that we're God, but it could be little. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I feel like uh, understanding that God is in us and that everything he yeah. is, I am. There's that I am statement, but I'm not him. Yeah. <laughs> so so um, I'll put that up in the chat if anybody wants, so can see it. So there. Okay. So I know there were some other people trying to say something, but haven't yeah. been able to get in. Lisa, did you try to get in earlier? I did. I just wanted to say that I don't think the timing of, of what we're doing here is coincidental because obviously we're coming into... Um, Pentecost in a few days, which is um, all about the marriage contract and becoming one. And also, like, we're just in that time of the Oma, counting the Oma, which is kind of a time of, you know, just getting rid of stuff that would hinder our relationship, coming into a greater understanding of 
who we are in him and our love relationship. So, yeah, and it just seems mm -hmm. to be for me in my times of the Lord recently, a real wooing in this, like this time of the Oma has been like a real wooing, like almost like a courtship, kind of, you know, that song of songs, um, romance between us and, and, and Jesus. And if anything stands out about this whole topic, it's definitely that for me. And Adina kicked it off as well with the love, but yeah, it's just falling head over heels in love with him. I think that's good. It is, and it is, and and you know, Catherine Wang unfortunately this didn't work out time wise for her to come on here, but she has another model or or a um, way that Father's given to us to relate to God in the oneness, and that is the marriage. And, uh, and I think it's absolutely wonderful, and it's key for a lot of people to understand that. Uh, at the same time, there are a lot of people, I believe, that are already, are already engaged with the Father in a oneness relationship, even though they're not seeing it as a spouse romantic type. Uh, there's, there's a oneness that, that's already there. So anyway, not to, uh, I, I think it's great what she's got, and I wish she could have been here to share her, her way of looking at it as well. Uh, Nolan, I think you had your hand up earlier. I don't know if you're still there or not. Um, yeah. So let's see, what did I want to say? Um, I guess it's a little bit echoey in here. Um, I guess my, my point on it would be that I, I, you know, kind of based on that wave particle theory, um, would be that you know that our consciousness is like a spectrum like there is a huge spectrum of consciousness and and you know and we can be in this place of particle or we can actually enter into these ecstatic states which are more like you know and as a wave like it you know you like you hear people like zen meditators they talk about becoming one with everything or or, you know, these states of samadhi, like Daniel was mentioning, you know, kind of these mystical states that are talked about a little bit more in other religions, or, or but even, you know, even on that analogy of marriage, like where, you know, it's the two partners, but there's a moment when they become one, you know, in intimacy, and, and it's a mystical experience. And I, so I think that is, you know, maybe that's how we can look at it, is I think that that, that, you know, there are like these certain states of consciousness where it's like we, you know, we feel like we are, like we are God and, you know, in some form. And, um, and I think those are very valuable to like our progression as his children. And we start to realize that there's actually this place where there is no separation. You know, there's this, there's this place of being where, um, where those barriers are totally blurred and and so maybe that is kind of the state of consciousness that Jesus learned to live in, where, you know, he's realizing, oh, it's, you know, it's all about this wave particle or like, what if I live right in the middle where I am a wave and I am a particle, like I am God, but I am man. Um, and so I guess, you know, I think that it's valuable to just have that in our, you know, in our awareness that it's. That, that they're, I feel like, you know, the boundaries are kind of blurred and, you know, and so creating our reality based on, you know, that being in our subconscious, that we know that we are totally integrated in him and that we can, you know, just like someone else was saying about creating our realities and stuff like that, like, 
I think it is a very important part of our growth and finding how that kind of melds into this idea, you know, that God has already created the whole reality. God has already framed this whole existence in this beautiful, perfect way and how we can begin to kind of meld our reality into his or, you know, does that does that kind of make sense? That's good. It's good. I um, and I kind of feel like some of what you're saying relates to um, uh, the, um, the the givens that our reality that we currently have are the givens that we're born into this world with. And that perhaps the moment that we begin to meld into understanding his consciousness or his his identity for us is that Christ anointing and the, the rebirth rebirth experience that we um, uh, you know we're, we're we're lit up and then that Christ consciousness leads us and guides us. That's why you know I believe that when you know Jesus when he would speak, there were times when he spoke as a man, but there were times when he spoke as the Christ which is the anointing and and when he would speak as the Christ he said I am the way the truth and the life and that Christ anointing is the way the truth and the life for each and every one of us that he showed us the way how does it look how do we get to the father how do we get to that supreme being and we get to him by laying down our lives you know taking up our cross laying down our lives and being willing to uh, uh, submit ourselves fully and completely to the one to the Father, and that uh, I, I think there are some very subtle ways that we can get off track, though, and n instead of being willing to lay down our lives to to become one with the will of the Father, that instead we we tend to, or you know, we we when we get in on the wrong track, we're looking for the power, the authority, we're looking. Bottom line is we're looking for control. I mean, I, I I can speak for myself in that position of trying to figure out, am I God? And how do I work on this to actually become God? That the realization is I'm I was floundering at the time and and I was looking for trying, you know, a way to get things under control. So that's just my thought. So anyone else? Daniel, love it. Go ahead. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's an honor to be able to, to share some of this with you. I, I mean to give my best, you know, like I share, share my best with you, all of you. I just want you to know that. I love you all. That's what I'm saying. Uh, so basically, I want to share a little story. I, I had this encounter where, you know, I'd heard so much about ascension, like I'm going to ascend and even be willing to die or whatever, you know, like I was, I was having this experience where I was ascending and, and then I realized I had this moment, am I usurping the throne? Was the thought that crossed my mind. Am I usurping the throne? And then I was shown that at the cross, that's really what happened. Like that's what happened. When there was darkness uh, that came over the earth for three hours, it's like this usurping of the throne is the, the, the floodgates are just like storming heaven, right? And well, metaphorically or whatever, I don't, I don't know how it all, played out but but like in that in that sacrifice that Jesus made he was planting the seed of the Christ life in the heart of darkness that it's a seed that of light that the darkness cannot extinguish the seed that's going to grow and and heal from the inside out and, and bring this new life and so what I was shown there was 
was how Jesus lived his life to achieve that end was and 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 like I began to pray it and I realized oh he modeled the Christian life for us is what he did with this mantra of mm-hmm. not my will but yours right. be done yes not my will but yours be done so it was a, it was a very powerful moment and it just became this this mantra of mine, like, okay, not my will, but yours be done. Yeah. We have the freedom. Yes, it's for freedom that Christ has set us free, but we have the freedom to make the most loving choice. And we have a guide in Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. our spirit guide, Holy Spirit. Thank you very much. The spirit of truth leads us into all truth, who leads us into love and light, which which pushes back the darkness, which displaces the darkness and creates heaven on earth. Right? Not my, yeah. not, you know. May your kingdom come. May your will be done. And it's all about love. And I love what Nolan was saying about being integrated, melding into one another with a, you know, into into God in divine union. You know, I've had experiences like that. It's brilliant uh, and beautiful. Being integrated. I love that word. Um, and yeah. it being like the consummation of this, of this relationship. Um, amazing. That's good. So, love it. Love it. Uh, Daniel Newman, we haven't heard from you yet. I don't know if you want to share anything. Sure. Sorry, I was interrupting. However, I just got off the golf course not long ago, so if I look worn from the heat, and I got wet today too, I am. (laughs) Um, It sounds like that you guys were uh, looking at um, the God concept, and I'm very comfortable being a B'nai Elohim, son of God. Uh, I have no problem with others that talk about Elohim and a little God, etc. Um, I'm an absolute believer in ultimate reconciliation and that love wins. I believe the good shepherd was Jesus depicts in the parable of the 99. He left to go after and seek and save, find that lost one, depicts our father <laughs> and his love that would never permit, without abrogating our will, but in light of his love, love wins. Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. And I realize there's other translations beyond that, but I believe in that translation. The only reason on this side, I believe people don't come to the Lord is they don't see him. I'm not a Calvinistic person at all, but I do believe in the eye of the tulip, if you're familiar with the acronym, the I stands for irresistible grace. And once you see Jesus and he puts his draw on you, you get the I can't help it. And I believe ultimately and absolutely God will not permit one of the sheep, one of Adam's progeny to be lost. And I also have been helplessly and hopelessly more recently drawn more and more into that union of communion and i believe as you taste more and more and see that the lord is good it creates a divine indulgence a divine decadence if you will (laughs) decadence is often used in a negative caricature as excessive immorality etc etc but mom can be a great cook and cook a chocolate cake that is decadent And when you begin to allow God to take you into his being of love in an uninhibited, exceeding way, you can't help but become decadent, hopelessly captured by the sight of his grace. 
And so I would encourage everyone to be encouraged. Uh, I've been blessed. Uh, my Jewish parents both died as unbelievers. I was with my mom when she breathed her last breath. But God has also taken me into, out of nowhere in a surprise heavenly engagement into the presence of mom and dad. And they were fine, thank you. <laughs> Which I assume means uh, they have become believers and love has won. And yeah, I look so at that good. as the restoration and part of what God is doing of all things. I love that. That's so good, Daniel. Thank you so much. Wow. Thank you. Thank you. It's <laughs> awesome, man. Love it. <laughs> well, we got about 15 minutes left. Um, and, uh, well, actually, I mean, we could go longer, but um, I, I just curious, <laughs> does anybody want to, does anybody feel like you have a summarization uh, that you can add to this to kind of bring it bring it home, and I'll 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 do the last one. So for keeping it fairly short, if we can, but um, just what would you say to the people out there who are on this journey and uh, have heard what we've been talking about? And there, because there are a lot of people that are in this area of struggle of um, you know who am I, and you know all this talk about understanding who we really are, but then. Can the pendulum swing too far? And if it does, where's the middle at? And what would you say to people to help them find peace in the middle? Martin, you're highlighted. So <laughs> do you want to you want to take the first shot? Man, uh, yeah, that's quite a task. <laughs> no, I, I think what I would say is that um, the, the key piece is that we... The ultimate thing is that we are not gods in and of ourselves by ourselves disconnected. That is the, the God of gods, the most high God. That is the status that the father has. However, he has elevated us into himself through the blood of Christ, through that adoption. He has adopted us into himself to really be in the counsels of God, in that uh, son of God status that he has brought us into. And that has just literally transformed our very being. And I love how, how Daniel had put that, that as we begin to recognize who that we actually are and the love that he has for us, which is the same love he has for Jesus Christ is the same love he has for me and for every single individual. Then we are so caught up and enamored with his glory, with his love that we begin to vibrate with his love, his essence, and then we begin to act and transact just as the father would, because we are, we have his heart and we have been brought into him and we are in that space of oneness and love uh, from the father. And so I think for anyone who's discouraged, that is who you are. You're not a dirty, rotten sinner. You are the, the beloved of the father. You are the sons of God that we walk and vibrate with his love and his glory. So that so would good. be my thoughts <laughs> awesome anyone else uh i'm gonna call on a couple people but uh i'll let someone jump in if they want to jump in Lori, i just all right michael there's so many people in the chat that we're on before when we were on youtube and then right now in the zoom chat and it's just there's such a sense of god's as uh lisa was saying the relationship assuming um Coco was mentioning some amazing quotes. And even people that aren't here, Chris Blackby, and I guess um, 
I'm going to, I'm already messaging like a bunch of people on this because this is such, it's obvious that this is such a needed thing for the body and for the lost that there's such a confusion about my God or what's my relationship with God that everyone here had so much to share. And um, I'm always talking. I don't need to share too much. It's like three hours. But I really want to interview, like I want to get to know Daniel Newman, uh, Coco and Lisa and Nolan. And then um, I'd have to contact all of you guys. And then uh, Daniel Lovett again. It's just like, there's so many aspects of this. You know, what Martin Smith is just sharing too. You just feel like, I know, I know what you're saying. Like, I know that's true. You know what I mean? It's like you're saying exactly what I feel is the truth. And that shows that it's dynamic the way that different different parts of the, of the body are sharing the revelation of who we are in God and who God is. That is just completely unique. So anybody listening to this, you need to get out there and share your testimony as well. That's how we, that's how we defeat Satan in the spirit wars. So uh, <laughs> anyway, love you guys. And uh, thank you, Gil, for making this all happen. Oh, thank you, Michael, for being here. I really appreciate you. Um, all right, Brian or Daniel Cook? Brian, actually, do you mind if I call on you? No, not at all. Uh, I really, I really, I, I'm just sitting here listening, listening to all of this, man. It's just been a, it's just been a wonderful, a wonderful uh, couple of hours, man. Uh, but what I guess where I'm sitting right now, uh, Gil, would be, man, I, I, I really don't worry about this this question at all whether i am or or, or not uh god man I, I really i really don't uh i really don't put a lot of energy in in trying to figure that out uh i i uh i think it's i think in in our journey where we are today uh gil someone spoke of resonance earlier and, and of course being in the music business uh the years that i was uh i, I remember many times gil uh on a stage there'd be a guitar on each side of the stage, the stage might be 50 yards wide, but still, you know, uh, <clears throat> a guitar uh, would would start to a, a string would begin to vibrate on on one of the guitars, and through the through through uh, resonance, uh, the guitar all the way across the other end of the stage would begin to resonate exactly with that same frequency and sound and tone. So you, then you have two guitars resonating on stage. So when I when I talk about that, it's like that's 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 kind of how we are when it comes to our our walk with the Father. We resonate with with Him uh, in the in the highest frequency that we can for that moment, because those guitars will not just they'll stop at some point. So I guess my point is is that man, let's stay on the journey. Uh, and, 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 and walk this thing. Jesus said, follow me. So that, that's the simplest thing I can, I can say, man, he's, he, he, he's given us the blueprint on, uh, on how, uh, to get to where we need to be. So, uh, I just encourage all of us to continue to walk, man, and follow, follow the Lord and his teachings and his ways. And we will, we will resonate at some point with each other. That's what this whole group has actually been doing the whole day. Uh, it's yeah. been resonating with each other, and I love that, man. So, uh, uh, anyway, let's let's carry the work on, guys, and 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 keep loving. Uh, Adina said it earlier. Let's love, and 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 uh, uh, when we do that, uh, the Father shows up, man. That's right. You know, and I part of the reason that I wanted to have this conversation was 
uh, because I, I, I know, I just know that there are people kind of walking away from Christianity, Yeshua, Yahweh. They're walking away from it. And I think the main reason, my opinion, but I think the main reason they're walking away from it is because they've been under the influence of a distorted version of Christianity where it's been legalistic, it's been uh, just toxic, and they're running from that. And they're running from that and trying to find meaning, spiritual meaning in other things. And I, I did the same thing. I literally did. I, I, I was like, I, I wanted away from it because there was a time I felt like God hated me so much. I didn't want to, you know, be, I didn't want, it's like, I don't want to be around you because I just felt like he hated me so much. So I went searching for other places, but that was a false understanding. That was a false, uh, it was a deceit of the enemy that, you know, darkened my heart and my understanding. So, you know, part of why I wanted to do this is to let people know that this is the way. I really believe this is the way. You look at all the other religions and they have good stuff. And I'm, I'm like, hey, if you're solidly, if you got your foundation in, in this in this, uh, in Christ, the anointing, uh, then sure, go look at other stuff. But I just see that there are some people that are walking away from it, uh, trying to find something else because they've been hurt by it. And, but the reality is Confucius, Buddha, Muhammad, none of these guys walked on water, walked through walls, walked through people, did all these miracles, raised the dead. None of them did that. Yeshua did it because he was he was the way. He showed that this is the way, and he proved it by the works that he did. And so I'm like, why would you want to go anywhere else? I would say if you're feeling like you need to run from Christianity, we understand. I think all of us here could say that we all understand. <laughs> we've probably all been in that place where we've been hurt and wounded and uh, ready to move on. But at the same time, uh, I just encourage you to come back and find a group and a community that is walking in love, honor, respect for one another. And it's like, I love what we did here today. We have a lot of people here with a lot of different opinions and ideas and experiences. But I feel like we did a pretty good job of loving and honoring and respecting one another and the viewpoints that came out. So I just honor all of you guys for being willing to do that and walk this out together. That's That, to me, is the tree of life. That, to me, is you know where we're headed. You know It's what we need to be walking in. Not my knowledge is better than yours. Let me straighten you out. But rather, here's, here's, the, you, you know, here's my knowledge. Here's the things I think I know. But I don't care if we differ. I'm going to love you, and we're going to walk together anyway. So, yeah. All right. Anyone else uh, have something they want to wind up with? Go ahead, Daniel Cook. I, I do, real quick. And it's, a, it's just real simple, real quick. But it reminds this reminds me of something that I used to sing or a song that we used to sing when I was a kid growing up. Haven't sang in a long time, but I think it fits perfectly. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of this world will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Plain and simple. Yeah. So good. That's it. <laughs> All right. How about one last one if anybody wants to? I, Daniel Lovett. I do. I do. And this, this is what really meant a lot to me is knowing that we're in the care of our good shepherd and overseer of our soul. 
Like, he is our merciful and faithful high priest. I woke up with that the other morning. Like, he loves reminding me of awesome things when I wake up in the mornings. And that was the, that was the other morning's message was like, Daniel, I've always been your advocate. I'm your defense attorney. I'm your faithful, merciful high priest. I'm on the job. You know, you're well cared for. And so, like, having this position of, like, I'm in the care of my good shepherd who laid down his life for me, who is the risen Lord. No one can snatch me from my father's hands, you know. And, and so then you have the freedom to what? Um, be a kid. Be, be like, relax, okay? Relax in your Sabbath yeah. rest. Experience the mystery that is Christ and your wonderful new relationship with, with God, with Papa. You know, like get intimate with, get intimate in knowing him. And yes, marinate our minds in scripture Invite the Holy Spirit along for the ride because there's a lot of stuff in there, you know, that, of course, Holy Spirit, the author, will be able to explain to you and only she will be able to explain to you if we're going to use a gender term. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, thank you all again so much. And uh, I I would also just say that if you're watching this and you haven't seen uh, the previous Sunday, it would have been uh, the 9th, May 9th. I think that was Sunday, wasn't it? Um, go back and take a look at that. If it's not May 9th, you know, give or take a day. Uh, go back and look at that one on the power of the Christ in you and, and listen to that because this is something I feel like every Christian really needs to understand that any power and authority that you think you want, you know, I think uh, you know, ultimately we want to be doing this for love and we want to be laying down our lives. But if you're in search search the Christ anointing. I am thoroughly, thoroughly convinced it is the way to God and it is the path that we need to take. It's that Christ anointing and having that fulfilled in us. So blessings to you all. And again, just so happy to have you all on here. Love you guys. And we will see you all next time. Take care. Bye. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.